It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. To set this next one up, because you kind of got into it on Twitter yesterday, and this was your idea, so I want you to... You got into it with somebody on Twitter? I mean, do you consider, like, having a conversation with someone on Twitter... Getting, getting into, into it? it? Like, it was a civil conversation. Oh, no, it was... It, it was civil? It, it was civil. It was civil. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was wasn't civil. no exclamation marks or no... Uh, no, no, it was, it was a civil discourse. It was, uh, <coughs> it was two people looking at the same thing from very different perspectives. Okay. In my opinion, I'm right, and oh, this person was wrong. You don't but, never get it into it with nobody. you like... Because I... Well, you're like, everybody I, loves you. I, well, you just don't like to... I don't like to tell fans how to fan, and this is essentially what this whole thing boils down you to. You told a fan how to fan? No, I didn't. Oh, okay. Someone was trying to, and my point is... I think it's unfair to tell a fan how to fan. Anyway, okay, we'll get to it. So, there has been, since his return from injury, a lot of criticism of Darius Garland. And Donovan Mitchell, after the game against Washington, came out, we talked about it yesterday, saying he thought the criticism of Darius was unfair, unkind, and uh, a little overblown considering he's coming back from injury and what he's done historically throughout his time in Cleveland. So, there was some discourse on Twitter last night and <coughs> that's what Donovan Mitchell said. He, he used an ex- explicit word, uh, explicit word to describe the criticism. So then there was some uh, back and forth. He said bullshit. Like it is what it is. Um, you petty. Well, I don't have my glasses on, so I can't really read that. The way people shocked. have been talking is effing ridiculous. It's BS. It's not fair to him. So that led to a discussion, and, and you can take the tweet. But I don't even know it's a family, who this guy was. Who it's tweeted a family it, show. He said if. Donovan leaves, it's because people insulted his in-real-life best friend, Darius Garland. <laughs> and how will he feel about a fan base turning on a player after a slump and injury? This Which is, then led... This is what you tweeted back, too. I, someone then quote-tweeted this, and I responded to the... Actually, okay. it was Evan Damrell locked on, okay. uh, who we like. We like Evan. Good dude. And he, he said fans should essentially be positive and you don't need to be negative. And I was like, well, you can't tell a fan how to fan. Mm-hmm. I agree so with that. We'll, we'll get to that part of it in a sec. We'll get to that part of it in a sec. But, Tyvis, you played at a professional level. Do you think fan opinions – you played. People tend to forget. Four years. <laughs> Four years. Do you think fan opinions, NFL, NBA, whatever, good or bad, have any impact on a player's decision to sign with a certain team, certain team or not? Or is what we say on Twitter, Instagram, whatever, on, on this show or any other show, just mindless chatter and it has no impact on a player's decision? Because I, th- I think there's a very obvious answer, and if you disagree. You're saying, does fans' chatter impact, impact my decision could, if I want to stay with a team? So we'll make this into the Donovan conversation. Do you think Donovan seeing people being mad about Darius Garland's play on Twitter impact his decision to re-sign or potentially not re-sign with the Cavs? Will it have any impact at all? Put the camera on me. <laughs> Please say what I think you're going to say. F. No. Thank you. Get Thank him. You. Thank no, you. Thank it you. Does Thank not. you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely not. Why would that? Listen, at the end of the day, I care about the people that's in my building. Okay? That's my boy. Like, if, as long as I got the respect of my peers and my coaches and I'm playing the game that I love and I know that every night I go out there and do everything I can to play well and they want to reward me with a contract and I want to be here, I'm going to sign that contract. I don't care really what Timmy 
in Brook Park has to say. Like that, that, that. What does that have Yo, to do Timmy with and anything? Brook Park's a dog on Twitter, though. Bro. Come on, <laughs> t- 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 he's Timmy, ruthless. Timmy or Brook Park. Does nothing for me. What about and Alex and Solon? Alex and Solon <laughs> has nothing to do with what about, I do. Because the thing is, Timmy from Brook Park and Alex from Solon don't realize the things that go into getting on the court and being the best player and being a really good player. They only focus on what they see. Maybe I had a bad night. Maybe I, I'm coming off an injury. Like, of course, it's going to take me some time to get right. Like, come on. It's a lot of things that go into these things that people don't <laughs> think about. So you can't – you're never, ever going to take something that a fan says. Because if you do, you need to go look yourself in the mirror. That because that, man, they got something way bigger than that. If a fan's comment makes you feel that bad, then you got a problem. So – I never really paid attention. I mean, I looked at it, obviously. You know, people said what they said about me. If I had a bad game, and I said this on the radio a couple days ago, I respect Buckeye Nation so much because I'm wired different than a lot of people. So when I had a bad game at Ohio State or in the (laughs) league, and I went and checked my Twitter, and I got all these bad messages and bad DMs, I took it out of a sign of love because it's like, you care. They you, expect you, you to be better. You ex- exactly. Yeah. You see that I'm a good player and you want to hold me to a certain standard. And I was like, you know what? All right, dang. You know what? Let me get better so I can be good and I don't have to worry about these things. I don't really need you to tell me that because my coach is going to say that and my teammates <laughs> is going to tell me that anyways. But you respect but it. I respect yeah. that you care about Ohio State football or whatever or the nine organizations that I play for football so much and you want to see them at a high level. And I'm going to get there. So it's it, I ain't about to be Man. sorry. Before you go, uh, real quick, Ty, not just you personally, but any of your teammates, whether it was Seattle, Denver, San mm-hmm. Francisco, did they ever say, I wouldn't sign with Team X because of the fan base? F, no. Just wanted to make sure that was on the record. <laughs> Earl? All right, so the question is, can fan behavior impact the player's re-sign decision? I mean, that's good and bad to everything. If that was the case, the Cleveland Browns would have, have every Cleveland-based player that's a dog playing for the Cleveland Browns right now if a player was decided on where they was going to play at behind what a fan had to say. As far as Donovan Mitchell go, listen, we talked about this already. He has prioritized winning. Mm -hmm. He has put pressure on the Cavs organization to put a team around him that can compete and that can win, possibly win an NBA championship. I don't think Donovan Mitchell was going to make a business decision based on what some fans of the Cleveland Cavaliers have to say or don't have to say you know this is not his first rodeo and correct me if i'm wrong they have like seminars for athletes to deal with these type of things when you get to the professional level Mm -hmm. and so for some fans to think that he won't resign here because somebody is being critical of another man that he just happened to play with that's bs right (laughs) and that's not i don't understand that's not how professionals go about things but like you i'm not gonna tell a fan how to fan why would that i'm not gonna sign here because y'all mean the darius what Uh, (laughs) what does that even sound like so that's darius's problem anyway i got an opportunity to be on the set man but i looked up and they was talking bad about tyrus so i'm not gonna take my opportunity on the set today to to me it's like it don't make sense (laughs) in the big picture In the big picture, and there's extremes to every fan base, and Cleveland's not excluded to that. There's extremes on both sides of the fence, in the positive and the negative. But for the most part, Cleveland media and fans are are really lenient and pretty kind towards the players that play for their teams. I mean, I'll use a couple examples, but the New York Yankees booed Aaron Judge in a playoff game. Can you imagine if 
Cavs crowd booed Donovan Mitchell. They probably in the playoff game. They would do. They should have. They would though. <laughs> they, they, no, they, they no, should have last playoff. But they, they haven't yet. But I'm saying if that was the case and Miles fan Garrett decision, got, Miles fan Garrett Garrett got booed. booed. My point is, <laughs> if that was a reason not to sign with a team, the Yankees would never sign anybody. If the Yankees ever had an issue signing a player, Philadelphia and their fans have a CVS long uh, history of throwing batteries at players and running guys out of Who town. Who do that? Philadelphia. The Phillies? Eagles. Oh, the Eagles? They throw batteries? They throw batteries at players. Why batteries? Steve has? Steve Becker, were you one of the battery throwers in Philadelphia? Yes. Where were you that night, Steve? Absolutely. Boo this man. Boo. No player would sign in Boston or L.A. or Chicago or Dallas or any of the major media markets that have multiple beat reporters covering the team. I mean, in Cleveland with the Cavs, just for example, you have Chris Fedor. Mm Mm-hmm. But to my knowledge, he's the only day-to-day, everyday beat reporter <coughs> of the Cavs at a major publication in the city. Am I, Why am did I Jason give that up? Because the Athletic wanted to do more. He's at a higher position than just the Cavs now. Okay. So he took the bag. Well, and Jason so respected him. Shout out to you, Jason. Car. Yeah. But, like, in general, the Cleveland media is pretty lenient on these guys as opposed to what happens in, in other cities. So if you can't handle Cleveland and you're upset, and I'm not – Making this about Donald Mitchell, I'm just saying, if mm-hmm. you're upset how they're treating Darius here in Cleveland, go look what they did to R.J. Barrett in New York City. And go look how they treated a handful of other guys in major markets. And I just don't understand how someone could think that what Timmy and Brook Park or Zach from Solon or Dylan from Ohio City <laughs> or McNuggets in downtown <laughs> could impact their decision to stay. And for everyone who says, well, just everyone be positive. Yeah, in a perfect world, everyone's nice to everybody, right? right. You know, we, just, don't, we don't live in la-la world. It's fans out there that just say wild things just to say them. Like, people will tell you to go drink bleach or go kill yourself. But that's, go, like, like, that, like, you get them all the time. But like, the, the fan is short why would fanatic. That, that, like, like, that's the point. It's like, in the word. That like, comes with playing the thing. Yes. Like, that, that's, when you play the sport, like, that's what's going to happen. You're going to have somebody that's going to say some stuff. Some of them will be kind of funny to me. When I used I mean, to play, I ain't going to lie. So I used it, to though. laugh at it, a lot It would be boring if everybody thought the same, if everybody had yeah. the same outlook, the same opinions. Like, you can never tell fans how to fan. Like, people are are emotional behind Cleveland sports teams, right? This is our entertainment. Which makes working which the makes Cleveland it, market amazing. That, and that's a, I'm yes. not saying that in a bad way. Like, yeah, that's no, no, a beautiful I'm, I'm thing. Like, Everybody should have a difference of opinion. I don't knock nobody who believe that, you know, Donovan Mitchell might not stay here because they talked about his teammate. If you're somebody who believe that, That's hilarious. Just, I'm not going to knock you for your opinion. <laughs> I know how I feel when I give my opinion and people get up in arms because it's my opinion. That's like that's your opinion. That's I like when it. Mike left, left Giannis off his top five of all time list. I didn't say nothing to him, even though he's 100% <laughs> I wrong. Mean, and he thinks Philip Walker <laughs> is a good quarterback. Yeah, so. I didn't, that's not what I said. Well, he's a winner. I mean, a winner. He's a winner. Yeah. That's he's what I winner. said. So, hey, you know. Well, like, when it comes to telling fans how to fan, that's kind of really where I have an issue because this whole idea that everyone should just be positive all the time and upbeat and only celebrate the good part of what makes the enjoyment and the pure euphoria of the good moments of being a fan is going through the trials and tribulations right like it's kind of the come up and you know i do think there are levels of criticism that are completely unwarranted when it becomes personal at somebody when you go after their family or or their their girlfriend or husband or, or whatever the situation is 
if it's unjust, unbiased, and not based in you know an opinion or a fact, then yeah, there are levels of criticism that cross the line. But for the most part, being critical is what we all do of people we can't do what they do. Like, I'm critical of Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell and George Niang and Jared Allen and Evan Mobley in certain circumstances. I couldn't do what they do. I can never do what Titus did and sometimes, or Greg Newsom, and I can still sit here and say I didn't think Greg Newsom played a great game against the Houston Texans. Can you imagine after the Texans game if we were like, man, that Browns defense, they really gave a lot of effort, better like. It's not how society or real life works. So <coughs> when I see people on Twitter be like, hey, just be positive and let's be, let's be kind. It's just, no, it's, just, it's not reality. Just, it's not the world we live in. Listen, as a fan, what you do, like what I do is you just, you call it what it is. Like, and the thing is, as long as you can keep the thing within sports, you're good. You see, you yeah. can criticize his play. His play was terrible. He's he's terrible. Mm. They shouldn't have signed him. All those things. You can say all that. He had a terrible game. He can't shoot threes or whatever. He can't tackle. Whatever the case may be, keep it there. It's just as long as I you think, long think, as, once you go past off the court, that's when he or off the field. That's when there's he a fine line between criticism, stating your opinion, and just being flat out disrespectful. And I think that's where yeah. he's getting to. Like. You can have a crazy-ass opinion about something, right? And because somebody think your opinion is that crazy, <coughs> they feel like it's okay to be disrespectful towards you. And then that's where things turn from people just speaking their opinions to where, all right, now this is something else to me. Now longer, this is no longer fun yeah. games. And so, like, as long as you're being respectful, as long as, like, you know, you understand everybody has an opinion – then we'll be cool. You might not like it. You might not agree with it. But you don't have to, like, verbally, like, beat somebody up or, like, be out here trying to embarrass people or publicly trying to humiliate people. Like, people don't know that's bully behavior. And when you exhibit bully behavior, everybody hates a bully. And the, and the discourse of being a fan and the back and forth of being a fan and yeah. the fact that we could look at the exact same situation, right? Let's we'll use Philip Walker for example. Oh, Whether or not Tyvis truly believes Philip's good, or this is a, <coughs> the longest running bit in UCF. I'm not history. saying he's good. I say he's a winner. That's what I said. He'd say he's a winner, and somebody'd be like, "Man, Tyvis is trash for that tape." He's a winner, but he. I, and then I'll but say, calling him trash for that take. Go look mind, it up. That, that's <laughs> disrespectful. Go look it up. You might not like the take, but now he trash because you don't but, like his take. But, but my point. You see what I'm saying? Like, that's, that's what people it's do. Not a, but it's not a trash take. Go look but, at it. But record. I'm just saying, this is how people view other people's opinions and, because and they that's don't why, like it. They feel like they, they yeah. can disrespect you. But like, like Philip, whether he's a winner, Tyvis, yes. <laughs> we look at Philip Walker, right? And some people are like, he was good enough to win games. And then I could look at the situation and say, I think they won games in spite of Philip Walker. That's and fine. we could go back and forth on what we believe is the truth because that, might, all people that, that probably might be true, but he still won the game. But my point is the back and forth we have is what makes sports fun. Yes. Arguing MJ versus LeBron or Tyvis, how about this? Giannis or LeBron for yeah. your sake. Or, or even, arguing whether close. arguing whether Darius Garland should be coming off the bench or stuff. Like that's what makes sports fun is these back and forth debates. And of course when you're making your point, you're gonna try to Find what validates your opinion and find what knocks down the other person's opinion. And that's what makes sports different than almost anything in the world is you could have these discussions and preferably in a civil manner. But if everyone thought the same way and everyone had the same direct mindset of A plus B equals C, this show wouldn't exist. 
I ain't radio wouldn't exist. I'm, I'm not going to say no that. Radio wouldn't exist. Did you just quote the Pythagorean theorem? Yeah, I think he did. No, Pythagorean theorem. A squared plus B squared equals C squared. Yeah, I, I didn't square nothing. Oh, okay. <laughs> I just so, did algebra. So, like, <laughs> <laughs> there was a time, not going to say his name, but I remember when Odell Beckham played here. Uh-huh. And this was around the end of his tenure here. And he ended up getting released and signing with... Uh, <coughs> with the Rams, the Rams like yeah. oh he went off too. There's 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 somebody who was giving their opinion and it was like, yeah, that dude is a clown. And see like he he could attest to that like that's something that that's a trigger. You you can you can express your opinion about said prayer <laughs> without getting personal like that. Because my mindset always goes to and I try to approach myself here the same way when I do my job. I would never get on this set and say anything about a player, a fan, or anybody that I can't say to their face. And sometimes when people like throw out these opinions and they use these derogatory terms, the first thing I always ask myself, if say a person was standing in your face, would you have that same energy? 99 of 100 times, the answer is no. Yes, I would. Because I'm just telling it like it is. But I'm not... I'm just being critical. I'm just critiquing your play. I ain't. I'm not saying you stink or nothing like that. I'm just saying. I was talking more about the people online. Oh, I thought. I, you I, I don't think they're. I, he was saying it like I put myself in that. Oh, situation. oh, oh, he, like, in yeah. here, yeah. Yes. yeah. I, yeah. I, I don't say anything. I want to say to somebody. Here. Yeah, yeah. So like you know, I mean to say like, if you can't handle like the criticism from the fans and Cleveland media here to your point, and markets like Philadelphia and markets like like New York, <laughs> you wouldn't be able to survive. It's a different world. Or you could just, you you know what you could, what you could do if you want to be, if that bothers you that much, just cut social media off. Yeah. Yeah, you'll never have to hear nothing. You won't see nothing. You'll think everything is great. The only people that you will pay attention to is the people that's in the building. So, so if you are weak-minded like that and you can't, you care about your friends and all of that, try so cut social media off and have somebody running for you. That way you won't see nothing. So at the end of the day, Earl, we'll end this, and I think we have a special guest here in a sec. Is he ready? Yeah, he's ready. All right, well, then let's uh, we'll end with this. We'll bring in a, a special guest here, but. I've got to put this thing on my ear. Yeah, no, I thought put, we ain't had no guest today. Yeah, well, we weren't supposed to. This is a. a Somebody trying to cut in on our, on, on our time. Surprise visitor, yeah, can't, it, can't get away, can't get enough. That explains why when I got here earlier, he ignored me. Is it Philip Walker? It is yeah, Philip Walker. Let's bring in Philip Walker after an Is it Philip Walker? This is a special oh, surprise. Bull. Hey. <laughs> bull, you, you, you literally were gone for one day. You couldn't miss two shows? I mean, I, I got to save you guys. If I have to listen for two more seconds of fans whining about people being negative, throw up already. <laughs> Did you see the discourse on Twitter? Hopefully you're not online while you're standing by the ocean here in Tampa, but did you see the kind of back and forth and the spiral that came from that first tweet and then the million, or not millions, but the hundreds of other people in, in Cleveland chiming in on whether or not some fans' opinion will impact Donovan Mitchell's decision to stay or leave? I saw, believe it or not, even though I'm on with you guys, I, uh, I have not been on my phone much <laughs> until now. Everybody else is doing something else. That's cat, bull. That's what we call a cat. Have it, Earl. It's not. And by the way, when you guys, this, this, there's no controversy. It's stupid. And you can't even say, you guys are, and by the way, you guys in your argument, you're making a mistake. You say, well, you can complain, but you can't be disrespectful. Well, who decides what's disrespectful? 
I you got know, some knuckleheads. You know it's disrespectful. Thing. Stop it. Yeah. You know it's disrespectful. Yeah. Wait a second. Wait a second, Tyvis. I got some knucklehead in the chat like, Bull and Jay cut people off. Well, I don't do that to be disrespectful. It's passionate. Like, we're, we're debating and we're passionate. And so sometimes you cut somebody off when you're having a debate. And I don't mean to be disrespectful. And I don't think it's disrespectful. All right, because you're not intending to be disrespectful. I will be, it's a different I will, story. I'm going to be honest with you, boy. Though, boy. When, you, when you cut me off, I never take it as disrespect. It's because I'm so used to y'all doing it all the time that it – it's just how to show. I you. think disrespect is in the eye of the beholder. So, boy, what if somebody told you being cut off makes them feel like they be a disrespected, disrespected? How would you carry yourself? I mean, I I don't purpose. I don't like when I cut somebody off. It's not even like I'm consciously thinking about it. You know what I'm saying? It's in the moment. I'm not. It's not like I'm actively thinking. Screw this guy. I don't respect him. I'm cutting <laughs> him off. It's I just think- in the moment. I'm worked up because. You know, maybe somebody's saying so, some, so out of pocket. I don't think that's what he's I saying, but I think he's saying when you're characterizing <laughs> a player, speaking about an individual who's not here with us or when you were doing radio, you're not talking about him. That, that kind of disrespect. But I think overall. No, he's saying somebody in the yeah. chat said that he's being disrespectful well, yeah, when he that, cut people like, off. Like, like, Bull, the first thing you told us when we met was can't always listen to the chat. You know that. Oh yeah, I don't. I don't care what anybody like. I don't care about the negative people. I like the reason I keep Twitter and I look chat to people. The negative people, I don't care. Like I'm not going to take their advice because if they if their advice meant anything, then they'd be doing this and I'd be sitting on the couch. Bull. You know. Although Bull. I am sitting on the couch right now. Bull, let me ask you a question. The Browns are yeah. letting Harrison Bryant test the free agent market. Okay, so we we're yeah. going to need a tight end too. Okay, if a tight end runs a four three, should the Browns use him and the, use their second round pick to grab that guy? <laughs> a second round pick for a tight end too, Travis? Are you crazy? <laughs> well, no the, com- the combine is coming up, and you know one of the questions was, you know, what what yeah. does the combine sway our opinion of people? And I was just thinking, you know, since they need a tight end too, you know, that's a position that Kevin Stefanski loves. And we know Bull is very persuadable. Persuadable. He'll be a mismatch. I'm persuadable. Yeah, he doesn't think for himself. He's just all groupthink. Yeah, no, I no, I think it's a terrible idea. I hate the combine. Uh, Regular Joes think they learn things at the combine. The combine is a total waste of time for most media and fans. Uh, it's only important for players to make connections, for media members to talk to coaches, for coaches to talk to coaches. You don't really learn anything as a fan because you're not – and that includes me and most media members because we don't know enough to know what you're really seeing and how much that really matters. We pretend – like the guys who pretend that they know something or they learn. This guy from South Carolina, he looked great. Shut up. You don't know what the hell you're talking about. You don't know that guy. You never heard of him before. You pretend you're smart. Don't try to pretend it. By the way, how bad am I with this camera? Like, I can't. I was, hey, you're horrible. The I was you are horrible saying, with yeah. the camera, boy. <laughs> Your camera skills is out I don't of know pocket. why. I'm, because I can't see you guys right now. I see me and then a delayed version of me. It's driving me nuts. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Steve, crazy. <laughs> Look at this view, though, guys. Look at yeah, Bo, how's, Bo, how's the uh, how's the food down there so far? You eating well? Uh, yes. 
The food great. We had some. I had a lobster roll last night. Nice. I had some baked clams last night. We went to a spring training game yesterday. Blue Jays Pirates. <laughs> that was fun. I almost got into two fights at the game. Oh, well, please, please share. Please oh share. Lord. Was you out of pocket, boy? Was you being disrespectful? No, I was not out of pocket. So, so we, I got good seats for the game, right? Yeah. And we're sitting in the third row, but it was too hot. It was sunny. We got four kids. <coughs> it was too hot. So I'm like, all right, let's go up and sit in the back. So we're in the shade, right? So, uh, and, and as we're settling in to get into our seats, this guy is complaining that we're standing up for like the first pitch. I'm like, dude. It's 30 seconds of a spring training game. Take it easy, man. But he he wanted uh, he wa- he didn't want to smoke this guy, so he, he just shut up. <laughs> but then, but then later in the game, later in the game, it's like the seventh or eighth inning, and I got the kids, and, and I'm 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 explaining to them some things about baseball, and you know me, I got a loud voice. And this woman who's sitting there with a pair of headphones she got in 1952 <laughs> turns around to me and says, excuse me, I appreciate your education of the game, but could you be quiet? I'm trying to listen to the game. So you almost follow women. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's that? You almost fought a woman. Well, I didn't actually fight. I'm kidding. I wasn't going to fight her, but she was obnoxious. <laughs> so I was not out of pocket in either of these scenarios. I'd call myself out if I was out of pocket. But in this case, I was not out of pocket at all. So, after- By the way, guys, the, the place I'm staying at, the owner of this place, the, it's a husband and wife, but the husband is Bill Gramatica, who was a kicker in the NFL for a few years. Remember? And his brother, Martin Gramatica, was the Buccaneers kicker. Was he the one that tore his ACL celebrating the extra Yeah, for the Cardinals. Yeah. Yeah, for the Cardinals. I think so. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Well, Bo, enjoy vacation. We appreciate you uh, stopping by for a sec. I'm expecting this to be a daily occurrence now, right? This is going to happen once a day. No, it's just one. Anthony didn't even want to put me on. He's telling me you guys are too busy. (laughs) I was already killed one topic by Anthony. What's that, I've already killed one topic today, Bull. I don't know what you want from me. I, I mean, they, they spent 15 minutes talking about uh, whether it's okay for fans to be mean. The combine talk, I didn't need any of that. We got Tyvis coughing all over the place. <laughs> Bull, you're not even sleep. on the damn show. You going to take a shot at Anthony's content? <laughs> hey, and he even let you on. He killed a segment for you. This is a damn shame. This is the disrespect. You know the great Chats part about, about being behind the glass, though? Steve, take him. I'm kidding. I love Bible. Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> yo, Guys, yo. We got a Cavs game tonight, and if you're looking for tickets for the Cavs game tonight, wow. you can check it out on games. Hey, I'm trying to read here. <laughs> we have officially lost it. 
Thank you, Steve. I'm trying to do a read here. Uh, if you guys want tickets to tonight's Cavs game, you can go to good. Game Time, download the app, use code LOCKDOWN for $20 off your first purchase. You guys ready to preview the game as my headphones fall off my head? Anthony, kudos to you. Very, very well played. That was that that was good. That was good. Uh, tonight, Kyrie Irving makes his first return to Cleveland since 2022. He is a 500 career player as an opponent against the Cavs. Ooh. It's Luca and Kyrie versus Donovan and Darius. I believe Donovan's feeling much better. He practiced yesterday after uh, now he played against Washington, but was clearly hampered with some sort of illness. What are you guys kind of looking forward to in Kyrie's return here? to Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse, and however the Cavs plan on slowing down him and Luka Doncic. Man, so Kyrie obviously going to come he out so, there. So boom. He definitely going to come out there, and he going to try to go for 40. The thing is, him and Luka have been playing crazy uh, the last few games. They've won seven of eight. Yeah, they've been, like, splitting 30 points a game between the two of those guys. Luka is good for 30. Kyrie's getting for, like, 29. Sometimes he get 30. I think – it's always something there when you go against a former team. Uh, it, it just is what it is. So you, I can see Kyrie coming out there trying to go up. It'd probably be Donovan probably checking him. Who? Probably Kyrie. It'll probably Donovan. Yeah, probably. Uh, actually, because they need. It might be Darius. No, nah, they need they need Isaac Okoro to play Luka Doncic because. Well, I'm just I'm anybody not sure, else. I'm kinda. not sure Donovan has the legs coming off the illness. I think if 100 percent uh, healthy, it would be Donovan. Yeah. I think. It might be Darius in this instance, just so. Well, he better figure it out because it's gonna be a fun matchup. It, it will be because at least they all about the same height. But I think this is gonna be a good game because the thing about the Cavs is, <clears throat> like, they had that good run before yep. the All Star break. They're coming off an of All Star break. They dropped two. Obviously, they beat the the Wizards, but it's the Wizards, you know. You want them. You want to see how they do against these teams. That's the better teams and the Mavs. In the West, it's a really good, solid team. You know, Luka's a – some people argue that could be the face of the NBA after LeBron retires, even though we know it's Giannis, but we're not going to go there. And you got a good score like Kyrie. I want to see how the Cavs match up against this team, and I want to see if they for real. You know, you said that the Cavs were the number two-ranked defense, right? Number two-ranked, yes. Yeah. So, <clears throat> this will be a game where that defense is going to have to come out and play. Isaac Okoro, if he is out there and he is checking Luka, like you've been doing a really good job shutting down all these good premier scores. Luka's a different animal. I want to see if he can do those same things against a guy like Luka, who's been getting 30-plus points a game. So, I'm really looking forward to this matchup tonight. I think there's a lot that we can learn. It is a little bit damper, a little bit, because Donovan is coming off of that illness. But if he can play 100% and they can find a way to win this, it will make me feel better when it comes to close to the postseason. I mean, I think this game comes at the perfect time for Darius Garland, right? You know, just a day after Donovan Mitchell kind of stepped up to the podium and had your back and said all these nice things in defense about you, and you probably revved up. Like, you emotionally revved up, you ready to go. And to top it off, you got the guy coming in here who with the game winning shot that made the Cleveland Cavaliers NBA champions that play the same position that you play that is still beloved yeah. by most Clevelanders and Cavs fans, right? If I'm Darius Garland, this is another opportunity that I have to assert myself to show that I'm that dude and to kind of like silence the critics, to silence the noise. When I look at the overall, you know, dual matchups, uh, this really favors the Cavs. I mean, you look at the... Dallas Mavericks backcourt 
and they give up what the most rebounds second most three-pointers to guards third most assists to guards like they're in the top five or the bottom ranked five uh as far as their defensive output against opposing backcourts and you look at the Cavaliers backcourt and this is a game that I feel like is tailor-made for Darius Garland to kind of silence the critics uh it'll be interesting to see how healthy Donovan Mitchell is but uh I expect this to be a great game a fun game for all four of these dudes to put on the show uh, I would love to see Isaac Okoro matched up on Luka mm-hmm. you know what I mean to really just just to show where he at I think it'll be a good test for him but you know, I just want to see the Cavs win. The Cavs are what four and a half point favorites. Hey, we yeah. gonna put together a parlay. You wanna do a parlay? Wanna do one? Let's do that. Uh, so, in terms of a Kuro and the Luka matchup, there are like certain individual one-on-one matchups within a game that obviously determine the outcome, and, and that'll be one to watch. But just in terms of how you handle certain players, can put you on a pedestal on a platform to make an all-defensive team, whether it's first team or second team, or kind of catapult yourself at least into that conversation and. If I was a voter, Isaac Kerr would already be in that conversation. He held Dame Lillard to 20% below his field goal percentage. The very next game held Paolo Bancaro to 10 points below his scoring average. He's one of those guys that can guard everybody. And seeing how he guards Luka tonight, Luka and Jason Tatum aren't exactly similar players. They have very different offensive uh, scoring skill sets. But it'll be at least a little preview into the window of how they'll try to guard a Jason Tatum or a Jalen Brown being a 6'6", 6'7", 6'8", wing who scores the ball and kind of holds the ball more than anyone else in the league. But to Earl's point about Darius Garland, he had those moments at the end of the fourth quarter against Washington, the three that made it 94-91, the three that tied it up, that you would hope would be the stepping stone of DG getting back to the old DG of 2021-2022 when he made the all-star team and was tabbed as the next up-and-coming point guard in the NBA. And we've seen him have moments. Like his very first game back from injury, he scored 20 points against Detroit, and then he kind of teetered off. So I'm curious to see if this moment against Washington is a jumping off point for Darius, or if it's going to be another up and down roller coaster as he continues to get healthy, continues to find his legs, continues to feel more comfortable within this offense. But I'm really curious to see how Isaac and Luka match up. Can Darius continue to take that next step forward? And any Darius versus Kyrie matchup is going to be exciting because those two guys are both magicians with the basketball in their own right. And then three, was that 18-2 and two stretch before the break the outcome of a weak schedule and the Cavs just getting hot for a certain stretch? Was that the peak we'll see from the Cavs this season? Or was it kind of just a little precursor for the second half? And we haven't seen that yet. But I'm not putting too much stock into two games without Donovan Mitchell coming off the All-Star break. So those are kind of three things I'm looking forward to tonight to see if the Cavs can get back into the swing before they welcome Detroit, uh, not Detroit, excuse me, New York and Boston to Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse over the weekend. That is crazy that they got those two lined up. I definitely want to see Darius take that step. Because I, I, obviously, I, y'all know he's my favorite player on the Cavs. But I, to me, he got like a... Uh, take this with a grain of salt. I don't want to. I don't want people to go crazy when I say this. But he got some Kyrie game in him. Like to me, he he reminds me of a young Kyrie. Not not as as crazy with the crossover, but I think he got great ball handling. I think he has the ability to take over games. It's just taking him a while to get that confidence. We thought he came back when he hit that shot when he waved Donovan off and he hit the shot and spent Alice Caruso. I was like, okay, we're headed in the right direction. And then he kind of took a step back. But I feel like it's still there. He just, I don't know. Like, 
this is the time while Donovan's trying it's the consistency. to while Donovan's yeah. trying to get come back from this illness. This is the time for you to step up and be that guy. Like you did it when before Donovan was here, you were that guy. And then you kind of had to take the step back. Like go back to being that guy. There's nothing wrong with that. And to his aggressiveness, cause that's a lot of that's something that's kind of got brought up a lot. There's not one stat that encompasses aggressiveness, right? Like there, there's different components to it. Aggressiveness can be scoring, mm-hmm. it be getting in the paint, help hitting others for open shots. I was digging through some uh, NBA.com tracking stats today in preparation for the Ultimate Cavs show tonight, which we'll preview in a sec. This is Darius Garland's potential assist per game over the last four years. You ready for this? Mm-hmm. In 2024, so this season, it's at 11.3. Last season, his first year with Donovan, 12.9. His all-star season, 15.6. And the year before his all-star season, his second season in the NBA was 11.4. This is his lowest potential assist per game since his rookie season. And with the amount of shooters they have on this team, you would think that number would be up. Coming off pick and rolls, drive, get a defender to help, kick right. in the corner. Yeah. Sam Merrill shooting. That's not assists made. That's potential assists. So passes. Yeah. That, that leads to shots. Open, yeah. And, you know, assists are, are kind of finicky because you can make a perfect pass to an open guy and miss the shot. You don't get the tally. Well, this tracks the potential assists. And you would just assume that with the weapons around him, that number may not be 15.6 like his all-star season. Right. But at least in the 13 range where he was last year in his first season with Donovan with Lamar Stevens and Jetty Osmond and Danny Green in the corner, not Max Drew, Sam Maryland, George Niang. So that's the aggressiveness <coughs> I kind of want to see Darius get back. It's not even the points. It's the creating opportunities for yourself and others. You said he where right now? 11.3, which is the lowest. That's crazy. The lowest since his rookie season. Is it? I'm trying to figure out why that could be. I mean, he's been slow getting back. He's found the his playmaking ability is still there because he's still getting assists yeah. every game. And by the way, that's not a bad number, by the way. It's uh, not. 11.3 yeah, no, is still in the top 50 in the NBA. It's not a bad number. But he, just, I, he was he's better 15. than that. Yeah, yeah he was better. top 15 the last two seasons. I don't know what it is with him. I have, I have a theory. And potential. So the Cavs moved the ball more than they have last season. Their passing numbers across the board are way up. Great. So Darius kicks to the corner. Karras makes one extra pass. Okay, that you lose a potential. Yeah, so okay, yeah. once again, it's not a perfect number. There, there's a lot of context that goes into it, but. In the pick-and-roll situations, when Darius runs pick-and-roll, especially with Mobley, mm-hmm. I don't have the numbers to back this up. It's a working theory. I'm not, I'm not saying this is a fact. I'm just saying this is something I think I've noticed and I'm going to continue to watch over the next couple of games. He almost always takes two dribbles, kicks it to the post, or kicks it to the roller, not, not to the post. Okay. And it's almost not even in a bad way because Mobley's been efficient with it, but it's just kind of become predictable. And against Washington, at least, you saw them send that backside help, mm-hmm. and then Mobley was kicking out. So, like, just another reason that number could be down. Yeah. But they making the extra pass. Yeah, I just, I just want to see Darius kind of be the, the engine, be the catalyst. And I know it's hard to do when you have Donovan and they he play got, off each other. He got no choice. But no. when Donovan's not on the court, there's no excuse. Yeah. And, that, and that's what I want to see. When those minutes get staggered, like, Darius, it, go back to being if, that, that, that catalyst, that engine of this offense. If Darius is checking Kyrie tonight, he, he has to be because Kyrie going to go for his head. So he got to be able to 
have some pushback. Like you're gonna get a bucket on me, all right? Let me show you what I can yeah. do. Like that's I just want to. Well, I, I just want to see. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like them two got the same type of skill set where they can get the same type of things done. I would love to see Darius go at Kyrie Irving and be like, "Listen, I don't care who you is. Like I'll back down from no one. If you do that, hey man, we got a chance against the Knicks in the playoffs." Oh, you've been cooking something up in the lab the last few minutes. Yeah, time. man. So this is what we got here. We're going to put this parlay in. I got an eight-leg parlay. Eight I got a 12-leg parlay. Now, the last time I said I was putting in the Cavs parlay and I put it out there to the public, it no. actually hit. Yeah. So Listen up. Here's, here's the eight-leg parlay. And I got the 30% profit boost on this, right? Darius Garland, 15 points. Feel good. I got Donovan Mitchell, 25-plus. Hope he's healthy. I like that, though. I got Luka at 30-plus points. He's averaging 34 this season. I got him, yes. I got him for 32. <laughs> I got Evan Mobley over eight and a half rebounds. Like that. I got Donovan Mitchell at three threes made. I take Donovan Mitchell at three threes made every single game. I got Max Struess at two threes made. Mm-hmm. I got Jared Allen to score 10 points, and I got Kyrie at 20 points. With the profit boost, it takes the odds to plus two, four, 40. And by the way, it's the Cavs now minus five at the time we made that graphic. It was four and a half point favorite. So, I got a thir- I got a thirteen leg parlay. I got Donovan Mitchell twenty points because he coming off that illness. I wanted to put twenty five. He coming off that illness. Jared Allen fifteen plus point fifteen points because I don't think they got nobody that can stop him. He's been on a tear. I got Evan Mobley with ten, which he good for ten. Luca getting thirty. Kyrie getting twenty. Luca to make three threes because he make like five a game. Donovan Mitchell to make two. Threes. Darius Garland to make two threes. Darius Garland to get six assists. Luca to get six assists. Jared Allen to get one block. Jared Allen ten rebounds and Max Strus two threes. Well, I hope you guys both hit. Oh, hope I hope you guys I, both make a ton of money. I'm about to, this is plus three six thirty six twenty eight. I'm gonna actually screenshot this and post it. Screen it, post it. I'll be at the game if you see me. Come say what's up. You always at the game. Yeah, you is. Yeah, you always at, at the game, game. man. Yeah. Where, who, who you know? With? <laughs> 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 who you know? I got a pass. You got a pass? Yeah. What kind of pass? Must be nice. Earl, Jason I think you and I Hey, look, he looks so uncomfortable pass. with this conversation no, right we, now. Also, Cleveland Sports Show is officially a credentialed uh, outlet for the Cleveland Cavaliers. So you got a pass. Earl, we can both apply for the pass as well. Yes. Mike asked us if we wanted to. We yes. said no. Yes. What do you ask me? To be? You ain't asked me that, we man. We were upstairs. In, yeah. We were in the office. Yes. All three of us were together. Yeah. I'm gonna, I don't I'm recall. I'm with Mike on this one. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I don't thank recall. I just didn't want to pay for parking, so I was like, I'm probably not going to use it. That's yeah. so lazy. Can I still uh, apply for a pass? Uh, I can ask tonight. Yeah, ask tonight. I don't mind paying for the parking. I pay for parking. It is what it is. But yeah, we have the game. Walk? So come say what's up if you there before. Uh, and real quick before we move on. Last thing was Luca tonight. Oh, I so, the profit boost. I didn't use You didn't use the profit boost? I didn't use the profit boost. I didn't this see rookie. it. This I didn't rookie. see it. I didn't see it. <laughs> That's the first thing you look for when you I open the fan I didn't see it. it. It wasn't on there. God. How much, real, real quick before we move on, how much have you guys watched Luka this season? I've seen a couple of games. Have you watched like a, a, a legit Luka game? No, I mean, I, I gamble every night, so Fair. I did. <laughs> to everyone out there who does not watch a ton of Mavs unless they're playing the Cavs, let me tell you this. He's sick. What Luca is doing this season sick. is otherworldly. Le- I mean, look at these numbers. Legitimately otherworldly. <coughs> Arguably the best scoring non-center in the NBA. <coughs> Arguably the best passer. Now, his usage rate is through the roof. Like, yeah. his usage rate is they run an entire offense through them. The Cavs actually have been very good defensively against offenses that are that heliocentric. 
they have one guy who creates everything. The Cavs helping rotations have been really good against that kind of offense. So I'm not actually terrified of him going off in historic fashion tonight. But he's one of those guys that can transcend the NBA. And when you watch him play, he does things on a nightly basis that it's hard to believe. And Donovan Mitchell does some of the same things, like some of the passes they make. But when there are guys that come through Cleveland, especially on the Western Conference, they don't play uh, more than once or twice a year, and you get a chance to watch 48 minutes of that dude play basketball, uh, I just want to say I highly, highly, highly recommend watching tonight because Luka Doncic has a chance to do something special. So that's why you go into the game? Yes. You want to see it live? I have never seen Luka live, yes. That is, that is the reason <laughs> I'm going. I mean, I love going to Cavs games too, but uh, having the chance to see Luka. I've actually never seen – I've seen Kyrie in Team USA, actually. I've never seen Kyrie in person in a, a legit NBA game. Oh, I have so seen Kyrie. See I've seen too. Kyrie um, live I, when they – after we won the national championship, the Cavs hosted us – the Buckeyes to a game and we watched the game so I got to see them all I got to I was on the floor we was on the floor that honored us at uh like after a timeout or something like that so it's cool pretty cool Word. uh so, tonight so, so you got like like so you'd have got some free stuff from Brown before haven't you yeah oh that's dope headphones shoes stuff like that yeah, that's dope you looked out must be nice <laughs> Everybody, I can't even get everybody at Ohio State did don't do that uh tonight at five o'clock the ultimate Cavs show Myself and Jason Lloyd, we're going to dive into some of the DG criticism, what's fair, what's unfair, what's real, and what's not. We're going to unpack that. We're going to talk about Kyrie's homecoming. We're going to spend some time on JB's rotations down the stretch, what we've liked, what we haven't liked, and what we hope to see in the final 26 games for the Cleveland Cavaliers. That's going to air tonight at 5 o'clock. Make sure you all tune in on the UCSS YouTube channel. Ant, you ready for your top five? No, we're going to actually do the Black History Month highlight first from yes. Earl. All right, so today we are going to highlight. Hold on, let me get it. Let me get it together. I know this one. Yeah, this one was pretty dope. Y'all know I'm a racing fan, but uh, we're going to highlight uh, FS1 driver Lewis Hamilton, who in 2007 became the first ever black guy to drive for FS1. I literally just lost my notes, so I'm trying to scroll back to find them. That's why I'm looking at my phone like this. Here we go, right here. So uh, when he signed with McLaurin in 2007, became the first black driver in the 57-year history of Formula One, quickly embarked on what has become a record-shattering career, capturing his first pole and victory at the Canadian Grand Prix in just his sixth race. He hasn't slowed down from there. He has seven Formula One championships, over 103 races won, and over 100 career poles. All are FS1 records. So today for Black History Month, we honor, man, Lewis Hamilton. I'm not an FS1 guy. I didn't get into the Drive to Survive uh, Netflix series. I'm but not we sure. know who he is. But <laughs> I, say everybody knows I know he he's as good <coughs> as not the – I think Verstappen may be close, and they may be able to have the GOAT conversation. I think he's the greatest. Lewis Hamilton? Yeah, I think he's the greatest. I, I, he's in that conversation. And once again, I'm admitting to knowing nothing about FS1, but I know Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen, and that, that's the only two in the conversation. So yeah. kudos to you. I, that's a hell of a conversation. And – I've heard him in an interview once or twice. Seems like the coolest dude you've ever met, too. So, I just know the name. I know the name, and I know he isn't he the one that was doing the Black Panther. He was always wearing yep. the Black Panther. Yeah, yeah. Yep. See, I know him for that right there. Yeah. I wonder if you could listen to like music in your race car. What would Lewis, probably, Lewis Hamilton? It's probably so loud in there. What would he be listening to as he going two hundred and twenty something miles per hour coming out of turn eleven? Ludacris. Swing, 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 <laughs> swing my dough. Swing my dough. I can Dude, see him now. I'm going to go. 
little ludicrous move. Move. That would be a good one too. You get boxed in. Yeah. All right, and. All right, are you guys five. ready for this top five that Mike has definitely uh, overhyped probably? Top five, top five, top five, top five. Anytime Ant's on the top five, it's been good, so I'm, I'm hoping this is up to snuff, Ant. All right, so as all of you know, the MLB has got new uniforms this year, and if you've been on Twitter, you know how terrible they are and how the players don't seem to be super fans of them. But the memes on Twitter have been fantastic, and this is going to kind of lead us into a conversation of how bad the uniforms do look this year. Starting out at number five comes from Nick. Dissimore, and then Steve, we can take this. Mike sent me this one the other day. It was hysterical. If you guys don't know, the pants are see-through. Yeah, I feel, so, I feel like you gotta show the pants off first, and so everyone understands what we're talking about. The pants are see-through. Let me get a picture of the pants. Yeah, okay, so I'll give you guys a little backstory before we do the top five, Ant. Love you, but this is a bad job out of you. We should have started with the pants here. Uh, <laughs> You're right. Fanatics is now the primary uniform maker for Major League Baseball. Who was it before? Nike. Oh, shoot. And it went to Fanatics, and Fanatics has been under heat lately because for a couple issues, the names on the back of the jerseys, the font is very small, and it's scrunched together. It looks like a jersey. And the most probably problematic part are the pants are see-through. And during photo shoot day, uh, this became a big issue. Um, Yeah. Pants are see-through. Why would they do that? It's a great question, Thomas. It's a great question. Paul. So what are they catering to the female audience? We we let's the, we'll see what the memes say. But now they, you guys understand. Be. Man, these dudes out here here. Oh, that's exactly what that is. <laughs> like, what is going on here, man? It's, it's uh, if it rains, it's gonna be quite a problem. That would, that, there's no way that that's real. Right? No, it, it is. No, legit. they're hundred percent. It is. Legit. I, I got a question. What made they them fix that? What made them go from Nike to bag. fanatics? Does anybody know that part? Of the it? Bag. I'm sure it's money. <laughs> yeah, this is the money. bag. And that's, that's sure a step in the wrong direction. Yes. <laughs> yes. And they are under a <laughs> lot of heat and scrutiny. For like this. you couldn't have gave somebody new a shot. Puma couldn't have made your uniforms for you. It, <laughs> like, they, they, look, they look terrible. Uh, I talked to Jason and Jay who asked some of the Guardians players out there. None of them are fans. It is. Uh, it, it will probably be changed by the start of the regular season because there's been that to. much backlash. But Anthony, now that they have the You're proper right, context to your top five, if you want to run through your top five. We'll do number four next here because it really encapsulates the see-through pants. This comes from Nice FAL. And it's the girl from Madam <laughs> Web. <laughs> I get it now. <laughs> this, this next one uh, has to do with you, Tyvis. Number three comes from Gary Treeman on Twitter. They're really pitching to the female audience here. Face, the baseball fandom is dying. We've got the solution. Pants that show dong. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, they made the games faster. They made the pants see-through. I mean, <coughs> what's next? Made the games faster. Now they're trying to make the players fast. <laughs> they gave the yeah, maybe they yeah. are more aerodynamic. That Maybe that might be. <laughs> this next tweet comes from uh, just Joey on Twitter. But Athletes this is the most aerodynamic they can be from Dodgeball. <laughs> That's a great scene from Dodgeball, by the way. That is funny that they <laughs> – <laughs> I, I mean, that's probably the next step, the way they're doing them. Ty is speechless at that scene. Yeah, this is... And then uh, this one was just creative editing over by the Philly Muse. And I sent this to Earl and Mike because I was losing it watching this. This is how the MLB broadcasts are going to be in 2024. That's funny. That's hilarious because that's exactly what they're going to have to do. Wow. 
That is funny. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, that's good. That's good. That is our number issue. one it, tweet, it's... by the way. This one beat everybody else out. <laughs> Do you have another one? No, this is it. This is the one. Hey, hey, you want to find a way to like kind of like reduce the fights in baseball? See-through pants. <laughs> I'm not going to roll. But you, ain't, you ain't got no clothes on. You're going to look like walking up fighting yet. you. Like. No. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what they're going to do. Like, it, it's a legitimate issue. Uh, Why would they do that? Casey Schmidt of the yeah. San Francisco Giants had his media day picture, and he was sitting on a bench, and... This thing was out. You could, yeah, it was, and then it's it's a, it's an issue. It's an issue if it rains. Well, I tell you what, if you're a bachelor, man, and you you're on the prowl, make sure you are prepared. <laughs> you well prepared. So a couple of people are saying Nike still makes the jerseys, but Fanatics are making the pants. That yeah, that's no, no, no. wrong. So Fanatics is producing the uniforms yeah, for they, them. It looks Nike like. licensed uh, them. The it's a ten year partnership. They off to a to bad start. It can't be a worse start. <laughs> like, they ought to can't a bad be a worse start. start. Like, what's, what's worse than that? They got to fix that before opening day. <laughs> Someone tried saying that this has been, <coughs> that the baseball pants have been see-through for 10 years, but I feel like with Twitter, there's no way they could have got away with anything like that well, for more than to one CNN day. Here, it what? says Fanatics began manufacturing on-field player uniforms for Nike in 2020, um, essentially serving as a subcontractor based on Nike's design specifications. So this might be a Nike change, and Fanatics just went with it, and it looks whatever horrible. it is. This is a terrible, terrible decision. Why would they? Like the, you, you mean to tell me you made them pants and looked at them and said, "Yeah, we gonna just, go yeah, for it." Yeah, let's print about. Let's print a bunch of these. Spin zone. This is the most anyone's talked about baseball in February in the last twenty years. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So I did read an article that they were trying to kind of get this. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to change the word. <laughs> I read an article <laughs> that they were trying to get this issue fixed. Transparency. <laughs> like they were trying to get it fixed. Have they gotten this issue like fixed before we get to opening day? I haven't. And have you seen anything? I haven't seen anything. I haven't seen any updates on the jerseys, but also a tweet that I didn't get to find real quick. The numbers are off center too. Like some of the numbers yeah. aren't aligned. Like the one will be here for a ten, and then the zero will be down here. So it's, they're it's all a, over it's a giant the place. Cluster. They're it's, also it's no longer embroidered. They're all screen printed. So wow. lower quality. No, I'm telling tell you, overall. it looks like a sh- it's a jersey. Wait, tell me, professional, yes. a professional baseball they team no that's screen printed jerseys? Yeah, it's a jersey. Not stitched. That's it's crazy. A Not stitched. Austin Hedges jersey is nicer than the new jerseys this year because it is at least stitched. Yeah, it's it's bad. It's bad. <laughs> if you have, you guys know what DHK they is? doing them wrong. Yeah, that's dirty. They you know what DHK is. It's like a DHgate, a website you could buy. Yeah. A jer- yeah, if you buy a DHgate jersey for like seventeen dollars, it looks exactly like a real. <laughs> That's crazy. This year, that's just the open. This is for the spring training jersey. No, I, I'm pretty sure this is this is for the. No, this is supposed to be the uniforms for the, the entire uniform. year. Yeah, bro. Man, ain't nobody they, buying they, that. They, they, no, they, they it, it looks disgusting. You, you got a better chance of getting somebody to go pay two hundred and twenty dollars for a Drake hoodie. 
Yes. Then, then paying $20 yes. for a cheap-ass jersey. Yes. Dead serious. Like, that, that's, that's... It's bad. It's why bad. Why are you doing them like that, though? That, like, man, it should... If baseball players, had, they don't even do that. No. If Ohio State even, had transparent pants, would you have played? Yep. <laughs> Just that. Like, My oh, DLs would have been rolling. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I got a super chat. I <laughs> <laughs> only got one today from Brody's. I'm picturing line. Brutus right now running around and <laughs> see through pants. That's all. <laughs> I'll wait for you, Ty. I'm sorry. I, I'm, good time. Good. I'm good. Go ahead. <laughs> all right. So Brody's bottom line today says uh, Superman D Haley was better than Ted in relation to one of your earlier conversations. <coughs> he said who? Superman D Haley was better than Ted. That who is all it says. And I don't remember the context. Wait, you talking about Soup from Glenville? Is that who he talking about? Oh, he talking about, about Soup. Yeah, oh, he talking about Soup Soup. Soup okay. like the best player ever Hey, say Soup did, bro. Just say, say Soup, man. Soup is this dude from Glenville. Hey. Best player hey. ever to come out of Glenville. And they did a documentary of players who should have made it, that yeah. never made it. Yeah. Yeah. Soup yeah. is at the top <laughs> of the list. It, well, that got to be who he talking about. That's the only Superman I know. Soup was him. Yeah, well, he was him, well, bro. Quarterback, running back, everything, everything, every position. What, why, where'd he go? I think he went to. Old, did he go to O State? But I think he failed out. Yeah, it was. I think he failed out. It was great. rough. But Soup is is arguably the best athlete I think I've ever seen he with my own two age? eyes. You're a little older than me. Yeah, yeah. You're a so older around Ted Ginn's age then. Yeah, but like, but Cleveland is, and he'll tell you, Cleveland <coughs> is full of dudes. Like, we see all these people from Cleveland who have made it to, to the top level of their professional sports. There's so many dudes that we can name that, for whatever reason, was good enough. They just never, never got to that dude. Super's a nickname, by the way. Soup, but Soup was him. Hey, I'm about to say. He... Well, well, <laughs> I, I, I don't have him. to say what position would he have played. What, did he play slot? I think, I think he, he did. did. Yeah. That dude was cold, man. Did you play against him? No, he way older than me. Yeah, like super, super OG. Yeah. You know what I mean? But yeah, it's like I think he might be before Ted. Cause he was like he was in that group with like Pierre Woods and them as some of the first people mm-hmm. to really come out. Like, and Pierre Woods won Super Bowls with the New England Patriots. Well, I know the name Pierre Woods. Yeah, yeah. but that's what I'm saying. But like, Soup was P- Pierre be on this set right now telling you, "Hey, Soup was a dog." Like, that's Soup was him. That's crazy. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. Was he faster than Ted? It's hard for me to say anything. I don't know about Ted. yeah, yeah. Ted, like, like Ted speed, Ted speed is different. Was different. <laughs> like it that. was, it was because of the long strides, right? Was that no? Because it was that fast. Like whatever y'all see at Ohio State, by the time he had got to Ohio State, people that was from the inner city in Cleveland was so used to it that it wasn't even like wasn't even crazy. It was finally good to see it put on display on a larger scale. But man, that dude is. He different type of fat. His type of speed is different. And what we got in overtime coming up? <coughs> we'll be talking some women's hoops because this Sunday, number five Iowa is taking on number two Ohio State. Go Bucks! It's currently the most expensive ticket in women's basketball, WNBA or the NCAA. I bet. Go Bucks! Ohio State's number two right now. Yeah, <laughs> Go Bucks! Two? I know they were number Bucks. two. Good for them. Shout out to Jason. They gonna be Iowa and again. Cody McMahon. Is this in Iowa this time? I yeah, think it's, this, it's this, this Iowa. one is in Iowa. Iowa. Yeah, because the first one's in Columbus. Yeah. They gonna beat them though. WNBA season gonna be starting soon, man. Like, Ty, we got we got um, two minutes real quick. Did you see the the court storming at Duke when Wake Forest beat Duke over the weekend? No, I, I don't. Uh, Denzel Washington said that 
if you want to feel like if, if you want to find out if you're addicted to social media, turn it off for a week. So I've been off of social media for a week, so I don't have nothing. Did you see it? <laughs> uh, I seen it. Kind of like listen to a lot of the sound bites behind it. Court storming is something that's been a part of college sports like forever. What happened? Uh, somebody else got hurt. Duke's best player is a top 10 pick. They, I don't know the severity of the injury, but. How did, you know, bang, what, bang, bang. They stormed the court before the buzzer sounded. Oh, well, that's terrible out of there. And that's, that's kind of, I'm all for court storming, but I think that has to hit zeros first. I think it has well, to. Well, he said it used to be like a 10 second rule. Well, that definitely was a 10 seconds. It definitely was. What did he hurt? His either ankle or knee. Somebody I, I like stepped on it or something? No, nah, he, he was leaving the court and then kids were running on and it. It actually looks like in slow motion. It looks like he tried to trip the kid. I have no idea if that was just a step. <laughs> the dude's seven foot, so I don't know if that was just him stepping. But exactly the kid, the kid ran into him and Bye. tripped over him, and Bye. he had to get helped off the court. No, I can't wait to talk about Kaylin Clark, though, man. Yeah, she a walking bucket. She's the biggest star in college sports right now. Yeah. In all the sports, I yeah. think so. Yeah. I'm biased. She ain't the best college player I ever seen. You say Nas, right? Yeah, Nas scored fifty, and she don't shoot threes. That is crazy. You see, they put her. Uh, Clark's name on the Iowa court now. Yeah. What? From in the exact spot. Name she and the, number. She yeah, she hit the logo three from to win. So, all right, we'll see you in overtime in 15 seconds <laughs> for Steve Ant, Tyvis, and Earl. Peace. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.